0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to episode three. We're going to be discussing the how-to of biblical literacy. We'll be talking a little bit about how we have grown in biblical literacy and then also some practical tools, encouragement, and resources for y'all.
1: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible.
0: So we've been talking a lot about the Bible. So it made me wonder, Casey, what was your favorite Bible story when you were a kid?
1: Hmm. So I think my favorite story was actually about baby Moses. I just loved how his sister came and put him in the little basket mm-hmm. and let him float down the river and how the princess found him. And then he got to go back home and be with his sister and his mommy. And I just thought that was the sweetest story as a kid. Isn't it funny
0: when you're a kid, you think being put in a basket in a river is a sweet thing? Yes,
1: I know. <laughs> I look at it now, I'm like, that's terrifying. That's so scary, <laughs> but it doesn't
0: seem like that in all the picture books and right, all that kind of right. stuff. Right,
1: it's so sweet. You know, and that really makes me think about how we learn Bible stories as a kid mm-hmm. is so different from how we learn it now. You know, as a kid, you learn it on this much smaller scale that you're able to understand because you're not going to understand this big picture that God's trying to paint as a kid. And so you just learn these small stories. And then as you get older and you're able to study it more in depth, you're able to see what those little stories have to do with the big picture of the Bible and how every story points to Jesus. And it's just, it's really, really cool to think
0: about. Yeah. I think that's perfectly talks about everything we've been talking about. I mean, that's biblical literacy right there. You, You get one glimpse of it. And then as you grow in biblical literacy, you start to see, okay, so God is sovereign because exactly. look how he watched Moses go down the river and he had Pharaoh's daughter. Yes. Pharaoh's daughter, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Pharaoh's daughter right yeah. there. And then the sister happened to be right there. And like that just shows God's sovereignty and yes. his plan for redemption. I mean, exactly. it points to Jesus because Moses is the one who delivered them out of Egypt. Just right. like Jesus delivers all of us. And yes. I just think that's why biblical literacy, that's it right there. Yes. So talking about kids and Bible stories, tell me some of the things you like to do with your girls at home when you're reading the Bible. Okay. So right now, like we talked about last time, I'm reading through the Bible front to back. Yes. So the other day it was so sweet. Sometimes they like to come and read with me. And usually I'm like, yes, I want to read to them straight from my Bible. We don't need the storybooks. We're just going to go straight from the Word. But I'm reading in Leviticus. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a lot of stuff in Leviticus. If you haven't read it yet, obviously I encourage you to read it, but go into it. Seeking God's face and that's it because otherwise you will get <laughs> lost in the details, my friend. That is I'm telling so you. So true. Yeah. Oh and mom. there's some stuff, um, there's parts about cleanliness and all that stuff. And I happened to be on one of those chapters and I was started to read it and then I was like, you know what? I don't think I can read this hey, to you guys. Maybe not. <laughs> so let's let's go do something else. So I encouraged them to go play. And you know, I kept reading and it just made me laugh because they said, okay, we're going to do a circus. And I was like, this is exactly what this feels like right now. They got their bikes out. It's pretty appropriate. They rode their bikes. It's been raining here for over oh, a week. When right? is it going
1: like, to end? Forever. Oh my it's goodness,
0: so annoying. This California girl is not about all the rain.
1: Austin isn't usually about all no. the rain. I do not know what's going on. I blame the groundhog.
0: The groundhog yes I blame the groundhog <laughs> but hopefully by the time this airs it'll be sunny and spring yes. let's just hope yes let's we're praying hope. for that but yeah it just made me laugh because in my head you know I always think oh quiet time I need it to be quiet I need my bible out I need my cup of I don't drink coffee but my cup of tea and my candle and then it'll be good but no my kids were literally having a circus and that's cool it's awesome.
1: So, that just goes to show that how you study the Bible in different seasons
0: can look different for everybody. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. For sure.
1: For exactly. sure.
0: What would you say that it looks like for you right now to be growing in biblical literacy? So, for me, I think the how has actually been the hardest part of mm. this journey for
1: me. Yeah. Because before you sit down and actually start studying the Bible, You have to find a time to do that. Right. And like I mentioned the first week, I mean, I'm a mama and I'm busy. I homeschool. Mm -hmm. I have household chores like everybody else. I have to, you know, cook and clean and do the laundry and all that. And come on, I have to keep up with my Netflix. (laughs) But that's where I realized as I'm listing these things in my head not too long ago, I realized, wait. I'm putting Netflix, I'm putting watching TV Mm -hmm. in front of spending time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, for me, it's all about priorities. And so how I find that time to get into the Word, I have to prioritize it. And reading at night is not always the best idea for me. Erin and I have talked about it. I fall asleep. Yes. I try so hard,
0: but it's just after a long day. It
1: is. And I recently heard a quote by Kat Lee where she said, wake up for your life, not to your life. Mm, I like that. And getting up before your family, spending time in the word is just a great way to start your day. It's giving God the, the first and the best part of the day. And it just mm. sets things on a good track and um, puts things in a good perspective for the rest of the day. And so I started thinking, okay, like, how am I going to make this happen? And I realized I was staying up. I'm a night owl. I am not a morning person by nature. I love to stay up late and sleep late, Mm -hmm. but I realized that something had to change. And so instead of staying up till 11 o'clock or midnight watching whatever it might be on Netflix, I realized I've got to get in bed earlier and I've got to actually set my alarm and get up before my kids and spend some time in the word. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this has been a fairly new journey for me. And it has already just in the last like two to three months, it has already just changed so much about my day, about how I view who God is. And I feel like giving up that first part of my day just helps me keep my purpose in perspective. So for me, the how has been really checking my priorities and figuring out the time because I have to figure out when I'm going to sit down, when I'm actually going to do it before I can put a little bit of the more practical things into play. And if you know Erin, you know she is full of all sorts of tools and resources and just practical tips for getting into the Word. I kind of want to be her when I grow up, but you know. (laughs) Oh gosh, oh goodness. Um, So Erin, you want to share some of your tips with us on how to practically study God's Word?
0: Yeah, so first of all, I just want to say like I think Casey made some super great points. I read this thing. I think it was wasn't talking about the Bible. It was probably talking about exercise or something. But <laughs> it said like um, instead of saying I don't have time, try saying it's not a priority, oh, yeah. and that wow. that totally shifts your perspective. because yes, it it's easy for us to say, oh, I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to do that. But if you think about that of God's word and the weight that that carries of saying oh, I just don't want to make it a priority. Ouch. That's hard. That is tough. Yeah. So I think that's a really good point in what you're saying about making it a priority. And I think it's important for us to remember that it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. And yes. depending on your season, if you don't have kids, maybe you have more time. If mm-hmm. you work full time, maybe you can't get up before work if you have weird hours or whatever that is. So we just want to remind you that we're not the experts on this. Nope. Um, we just can offer what we've kind of learned and how God's kind of used certain seasons in our lives and tools and tips and all that kind of stuff. And just hopefully that encourages you to seek for yourself where you can make this a priority in your life. So um I sometimes get up before my kids. I sometimes don't. Um, sometimes I think, I don't know if this is a conscious decision or maybe this is just I don't want to get up early. I don't know. But I believe that sometimes it's good for our kids to see us in the Word. Yes, absolutely. So um yes. I sometimes like to be in the word with my kids around Mm -hmm. so um I don't think there's anything wrong you could focus way more if your kids are (laughs) not there obviously so I think maybe for me I kind of try to do a blend yeah sometimes when they're asleep sometimes when they're awake um it might also depend on what the night before was like exactly if we're being honest yeah my kids kind of still wake up a lot and Mm -hmm. so does the dog and Mm -hmm. so sometimes I just am like, okay, well, today's going to be a day where they're going to get to see me in the Word. And I do believe there's power in that. I think um, I heard that from a a mentor a few years ago, and I I just remember thinking, I want my kids to know that it's a priority. Yes. And so so them seeing us in the Word, I think, is good. Um, But some So there's a study that Casey mentioned last week called Open Your Bible. It's by um, the women who write She Reads Truth, and it is a great, great study. It is incredible. One thing um, I really liked from it was it asked do you approach the scripture emotionally or intellectually? Oh, and that question cool. kind of just knocked us all on our feet, don't you think, Casey? Oh, absolutely. Yes, it did. Because I think you don't really recognize that about yourself, but no. it's really important. And um, I lead a, s- a Bible study of young moms, and so I asked all of them. We were going through that study, and I had them raise their hand. Are you Do you approach it emotionally or do you approach it intellectually? And I was shocked because it was pretty much half and half. That's really interesting. I know. You think as women it would be more emotional. Emotional, yeah. But I realized about myself, i'm very much intellectual i like to study i want Mm -hmm. to know the facts and so just being able to recognize that about myself kind of shifted how i approach the word yeah um and so i think that's a good thing to maybe ask yourself do you approach it more emotionally or intellectually and then kind of create some study habits so that you can kind of grow in whichever one isn't more natural to you Mm -hmm. so the way that i've been studying lately um I think kind of works well for both types of people because you'll get both aspects, the emotional and the intellectual. But the basic way to describe it is just to study in a way of observation, interpretation and application. Some of you have probably heard of this before. It's a fairly um, popular way to study. But to kind of break it down for a little bit for you is you pick whatever passage you're going to read. So say you're going through the book of Ephesians and you want to go through, maybe you break it down by chapter, maybe you go 10 verses at a time. So if you were to do those 10 verses, then you would, first of all, you would paraphrase. So you write it out if you're a journaler or you just paraphrase it to yourself. Okay, here's the scripture. Here is kind of what it said. Then you move on to interpretation. So, what does this passage mean? What does it teach me about God? What does it teach me about myself, my relationship with God, or my relationship with others? Just kind of trying to understand the intention, but as well mm-hmm. as the context. Yeah. And then, and then you move into application. So, application is the third step. But I think a lot of times, Casey, maybe you can relate to this. But I always just jump to application yes i open the bible tell me about myself yes read a verse and then how does that apply to me right how do i live today according to that and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that application is a very important part of studying the bible but you really need that foundation of the observation interpretation Mm -hmm. to apply it
1: well and i feel like the interpretation um step can sometimes be a little intimidating Mm -hmm. because we don't feel like We know what it means, and so we're afraid to even attempt. That's good. But I think that we're smarter than we give ourselves credit Mm -hmm. for, and the Lord gave us brains for a reason. And it's okay to just scribble down your thoughts, even if it's not exactly what the Bible scholars think it means Mm -hmm. to you at this moment. Like, that's what God's revealing to you Mm -hmm. through this scripture. And so don't be intimidated by that step.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times this isn't necessarily a clear here's this step, here's this step, here's this step. I think when you're starting to study this way, it's good to kind of break it out. But sometimes, like for me, I'll go, observation, interpretation will kind of flow between one and Uh the other. I'll observe something, and then as I paraphrase it, I say, what does that actually mean? Exactly. Yeah, and it kind of lends well to then searching the scripture for more, if you get stuck on interpretation, maybe search somewhere else Mm -hmm. another passage about that to kind of help interpret it. But yeah, so about the application, then that's when we get to the point of what am I going to do with what the passage says and means? How am I living up to it? How am I falling short of this? What steps can I take to be more like Christ? How does this affect motherhood? How does this affect um, being a wife? How can I kind of model this for my kids are just some good questions I try to ask when thinking about application. Um, So I thought... If you think it's a good idea, Casey, we'd give a little example. Okay. So we're just going to do a quick example, just one verse. So um, if you have your Bible out, you can turn to Ephesians 1. And um, usually you would do more than one verse at a time. You don't have to do all three steps for every single verse. That That would take a long time. (laughs) But for this sake, we're just going to do one verse. So Ephesians, I'm not Ephesians. I'm all talking about Ephesians. Okay. Philippians. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Philippians. (laughs) Philippians 1, 6. It says, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. So observation. Casey, what would you say as your observation? That it's saying
1: that the person that started this work will... Complete it. Yeah. I don't know that what says it kind of, says. We'll, no, we'll, finish. Right. we'll finish what he began, yes. essentially, in your life. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of times we feel like we don't need to do the observation because we just read it. Yeah. But it's really important for mm, to remember it for you to kind of say it back guess, to yourself. Right. Whether right. you're saying it out loud or mm-hmm. writing it down. Sometimes at first it feels funny, like... Okay, I'm just kind of writing word for word. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's an important step. So then then you would move on to interpretation. So, what, what does a mas- passage mean? What does it teach us about God? That He will be faithful to complete it. Yeah, exactly. The good work. That He's he the began. one who started it. He's the yes. one who will finish it. And you can expand on that as much as you want to. You can keep that short. That also might kind of just run into application mm-hmm. as well. So for application, what am I going to do with what the passage says and means? Um, What would you say for that, Casey? I think this
1: verse, it would be easy to jump to, well, that means that everything I do is going to be good because Mm -hmm. God's going to make it good, Mm -hmm. whereas Um, I really think the application part is to remembering that the Lord's going to be faithful. What Mm -hmm. he begins in you, he will be
0: faithful to complete. It's not about you and it's about him. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think too, like, yeah, it's a good point that we, we, according to that verse, it's not up to us whether we work hard enough right. or whether we try hard enough or whether we do all the right things. It's God working in us that will bring it to completion. So that's just kind of a quick example. I think a lot of times when we hear this, we're like, oh, study the Bible this way, observe, interpret, and apply. It might be kind of confusing. So we thought just giving you exactly an example might kind of help you all move moving forward. But what are some other kind of just ways that you get into the word or little things that you do that help you just really grow in biblical literacy
1: so i just recently heard this little tip and i haven't started doing it yet but i want to soon <laughs> um, and that's to leave your bible open in a central location mm-hmm. in your house mm-hmm. where you're just constantly seeing it maybe um it's a passage of scripture that you're reading in your own quiet time or maybe one that you would like to focus on with your kids for the day. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you had a magazine sitting on your counter and you're in the middle of making lunch or talking to your kids or whatever, you're, you know, I mean, I'm tempted to just kind of flip through the magazine and look Mm -hmm. at it throughout my day. Well, what if it was the Bible sitting there instead? And you just meditate on that word all day as you are passing by. You just see his word open and you're reading it throughout the day. I just think that that is a good way for us to remain focused on, on his word and why it's important. And it makes it really easy access. Like when the kids ask you something... I'm really big and call me old school, but I don't like using my phone all the time for references for Mm -hmm. my kids. I even, even when it comes to school stuff, like I just, I don't like Googling it. I like having books that I can open Mm -hmm. because the internet is just, there's so much out there that's not true. And so I would love to just have my Bible right there where I can open the actual Bible instead yeah. of just looking it up on my phone. So that's I think good. there's a lot of value
0: to that. So that's something I'm planning to implement in our house. I like that because there's a lot of times where you, you're you think, not thinking, I have a lot of time, I'm going to go sit down and open my Bible. Mm-hmm. But maybe your kids are playing well or yeah. maybe you're at work and you have a Bible left out on your desk yeah. and you just have a free minute and you can look at it and it's right there because... I mean, we all know out of sight, out of mind. Right, exactly. So it also can just reset your mind to maybe something you read earlier or something you read yesterday, and maybe Mm -hmm. you don't have even a second to look at it. But as you walk by it, you see your Bible, and you're like, oh, yes, I remember Mm -hmm. God put this verse on my heart. And by just jolt your memory to something from before. Yes,
1: yes. So I think that's just a good way to... Keep it on the for- forefront of your mind throughout that's the good. day. That's good. I like that. What do you think? Is there anything that um, you like to add kind of supplements to your Bible study?
0: Um, I feel like my weakest spiritual discipline right now is prayer. And so that's something I really want to grow in. So I've been trying to pray scripture. Oh, I love that. Which um, for me is hard. Yeah. It shouldn't be hard, but it's not something that I think about all the time, I guess. And mm-hmm. so... I've been um, making an effort to kind of grow in that, especially if I'm reading through you know, something like Ephesians or Philippians or the Gospels or even Psalms or Mm -hmm. something where it lends well to praying it. Even in Deuteronomy, I've been doing it as well, just trying to ask the Lord, like, okay, this is your word. How can I turn it into a prayer to then Mm -hmm. pray back to you? So it felt kind of weird to me at first, but I think that's something that um, I'm trying to grow in right now is praying scripture.
1: Oh, I love that. That's good. So um, as I'm thinking, a lot of people these days say that they're busy. They say they don't have time to sit down and read. But there's actually a free resource out there that you can use to still be able to get God's word in your head and in your heart. And that's by listening to it on audio. Every Bible app I've ever seen has the Bible on audio. Mm-hmm. And if you're an auditory learner, this is perfect for you. It's good for your hit kids to hear it, it's yeah. good for you to hear it. Maybe so, not this Leviticus. is another maybe not Leviticus, <laughs> <laughs> probably not Leviticus, actually. <laughs> But this is a really good way to kind of put those excuses aside.
0: Yeah, there's no excuses now.
1: No, there's no excuses now as you're driving, as you're cooking dinner. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're listening to a podcast right now. And as much as we want you to listen to us, we would honestly (laughs) rather you listen to the Word of God. So that's Or both. Yeah, (laughs) take the time and just do both. (laughs) Um, So that would be another um, kind of... I don't want to say supplement, but another way
0: yeah, to
1: yeah. to study and um, just meditate on God's word.
0: Yeah. Um, I think another one is memorization. And I've heard a few people talking about this lately of just how rereading and rereading and rereading a certain passage and just sitting in it sometimes is really good and mm-hmm. memorizing it. That way later when you need it or you can yes. use it to encourage someone else. Because I think sometimes we get this idea of we want to read Three chapters right now, where maybe God's calling you to just sit in one passage mm-hmm. and memorize that, and let that kind of just, like we talked about, have its way with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes just checking, okay, that maybe God just had a different plan for you in your study time that morning. Um, I think there's a another thing we need to talk about here is barriers. So what would you say are some of the barriers? you've faced or you think other people might face when trying to grow in biblical literacy? I feel like one of the main barriers for me has been, what
1: do I do if I don't understand something while I'm reading? So for instance, okay, I'm going to be real here. I've been reading about Moses lately, my favorite guy who was put in the basket, floated down the river. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I actually brought it up to Jonathan yesterday. I told him, I said, Jonathan, I just felt really bad for Moses. And he just had this blank look on his face like, who in the world is Moses? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And I said, you know Moses from the Bible. And he was like, oh, that Moses. Of course. Of course you're talking about him. (laughs) Um, But as I've been studying the Old Testament, I just, I don't completely grasp how come he didn't get to enter the promised land. Mm -hmm. And I know this is an area that, I need to do more reading on, Mm -hmm. I need to study more, but honestly, it's been a little bit confusing to me. And so I think in the past that might have discouraged me a little bit. It might have made me either want to skip this section and all, or maybe it would have even made me question, like, is God really a good God? Like Mm -hmm. Moses did all of this. He lived his whole life for the Lord and led the people out of Egypt. And he was so obedient, but yet He still didn't get to enter the promised land. So is God really good? But I'm learning that we don't have to understand everything because if we did, we wouldn't need God. That's part Mm, of why we need God is because he's all-knowing and
0: we are not. And that is okay. Yeah. We have to recognize that we're not all-knowing and that he is. So we can't understand everything. exactly. But I think that brings up a good point is that There is a part of it that just comes down to faith and resting in knowing the character of God. And in order to do that, we have to read and understand scripture. So if we come to a part that we kind of wrestle with, we have to see God's character in other passages of the Bible. Yes. And um, R.C. Sproul says it like this. He says that sacred scripture can be its own interpreter. You need to interpret scripture by scripture. So... So what that means is if we get stuck, like you're saying on that part with Moses, that maybe we look at God's character in other aspects like his holiness. It was his holiness that he couldn't allow Moses any sin against God is sin Mm -hmm. and separates us from God. And so that we just have to understand God's character and holiness in order to understand that passage. Yes. But I think another thing that um, we need to think about, because this is a big barrier for me as well, if I want to know everything, like Mm -hmm. I have a hard time just accepting something as I need to just rest in that yes, and knowing God. That's so hard. It is. And um, we're taught in every other area of our life to just research it and research it and research it until you find the answer. And sometimes it's hard for us to just sit in the fact that we might not know the answer. But I was listening to another podcast the other day, and I thought what he was saying was so good that a lot of times we think we know something, and then we have to walk through a period of confusion before we can be really anchored in what the scripture actually says. Oh,
1: Yes, that's so good. If you listened to our episode last week, you heard me talk about an experience I had in college Mm -hmm. with um, just questioning the inerrancy of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And... I went through that period Mm -hmm. of just massive confusion. And I remember thinking, will I ever be as grounded, as anchored in my faith as I have been in the past? Mm -hmm. But you know what? Through the Holy Spirit and through learning His Word and digging in deeper, I came out on the other side much more anchored than I ever was before. And it was just it was really, really good. And so I love that you bring that part up that
0: confusion isn't always a bad thing. Right. I think it's part of how we grow. Yes. Because otherwise we just think we know all the answers and a lot of times we're (laughs) going to be wrong. And sometimes we need to be Mm -hmm. shown our wrongness and sit in confusion for a while to really seek where we might not seek what something means if we're not confused about it. Right. Exactly. So sometimes it takes confusion to get us there. And so um, we just want to put that out there because a lot of times we think, okay, I want to grow in biblical literacy. I'm going to get into the word and we think it's all going to be easy, but that's not the case. You're going to come across some passages that you're going to have to wrestle with and you're going to have to seek God's character in different ways to truly understand it. And that just going into it, knowing that there's going to be parts where you're going to be confused, hopefully helps you and encourages you knowing that you'll come out, like Casey said, on the other side, more anchored than ever. Yes. Good. How about another barrier? What would you say is another barrier?
1: Well, I think another big barrier goes back to what I talked about at the beginning about priorities. A lot of times we say we don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. But like Aaron talked about, quiet time doesn't have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times your kids can be running around singing, yelling. Yep. They can be... Con- completely distracting you, but don't let that be a barrier. Don't let that be an excuse. Still dig into your word, Mm -hmm. dig into the word with them. Um, A really good resource that we both absolutely love is the Jesus Storybook Bible Mm -hmm. because it's wonderful for kids and it is a storybook Bible, but it talks about how Every page in the book whispers Jesus's name, Mm -hmm. not in that book, in the Bible whispers Jesus's name. And it is just, it's very powerful. So sit down with your kids and dig in with them, Mm -hmm. even if they're teeny tiny, you will still benefit from that. And so even though it can seem like a barrier, don't let it be.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point yeah. too cuz you can be creative. Yeah. Like there's not one way to have a quiet time and I mean Casey and I both kind of talked a little bit about that and I gave you kind of what I do right now as far as studying as observing, interpreting and applying but that doesn't necessarily have to be how you do it. So just being creative in um in the time of the day that you, you know, get in the word, but also in the way like Casey's saying, like read the, the storybook Bible with your kids or just, there's so many different ways. And we're so blessed to live in the time that we live in yes. that there's so many resources. If it's your audio Bible, if it's a kid's Bible, if it's your actual Bible, whatever that looks like for you, just finding what works for you and what stretches you and challenges you to grow more in biblical literacy is going to be the right way for you to do that. Yes,
1: for sure. Um, Is there anything else Aaron, that you would consider a barrier in your life?
0: I think um, a barrier I face from time to time is just the lack of desire so there might be times where I have time and I understand what I'm reading but I just don't have the desire to get into the word and um, it kind of takes some vulnerability for me to have to say that because I really do love the word and I really want other women to grow in it but there is times there's days there's even weeks where like that desire just might not be there Mm -hmm. and um, I think It just takes sometimes us being faithful to keep getting into the word, even when you don't feel like it, quote unquote. But I also think we kind of referenced this last time about in Philippians, where it says it is God who is in you and works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure so that we can pray about Mm. asking for a desire. And um, I love that passage because it goes on to say, do all things without grumbling or complaining, depending on what your translation says. Um, And I feel like I use that verse all the time to my kids. I was thinking the same thing. That's my favorite (laughs) Bible verse, guys. Do all things without grumbling and complaining. And it's funny because I don't remember knowing the word grumbling when I was a kid. But I hear Harper say, Abby, stop grumbling. And it just makes me laugh every time. (laughs) Because you know where it's coming from. I know exactly where it's coming from. It's coming from the Word. Exactly. (laughs) From Scripture. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I think that's such a good line, uh, such a good verse right after Philippians 2.13 where it says that it's God who works to will and to work and um then it's followed up with and do all things without grumbling or complaining Mm -hmm. um because nobody wants um matt chandler says it as begrudging obedience right exactly so god it doesn't bring god joy for us to come to his word dragging our feet but sometimes it might take that it takes the obedience to then the feelings will follow Mm -hmm. or the desire will follow but then it goes on to say um do it without grumbling or complaining that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Can we get an amen about that? Amen. We are in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Yes, we are. And it says, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. That's that's Paul talking, but um, I think it's just, I love that. It says that we can shine as lights in the world by holding fast to the word of yes. life.
1: And boy, do we need light mm-hmm. in this dark, dark world. We need light.
0: And yep. so that is just so encouraging. Yeah. So lack of desire, I think, is a big barrier that um, myself and I'm sure many others have dealt with. So just pray through that and just keep working. That's would be my encouragement on that one.
1: Speaking of encouragement, Erin, what are some ways that you would encourage other women in different seasons of their life and maybe even encourage yourself sometimes on your journey to biblical
0: literacy? Such a great question. Um, I think the first and probably most important thing to remember as far as encouraging yourself is just the gospel. Oh, yes. I think a lot of times, yeah, when we get focused on, you know, growing in biblical literacy or whatever it is that we're kind of driving towards we might drive there out of our own ambition or out of guilt or just out of obedience. And just that we need that constant reminder um, over ourselves and to speak it into our friends and to anyone um, that's growing in this, just that you're not doing this to gain favor. And we mentioned this a little bit last week, but it's so important to remind ourselves of the gospel that um, we are more loved than we can ever imagine because Jesus died for us and his blood covers us with his righteousness. He didn't just take away our sin. He also imputed his righteousness to us. So when God looks at us, he sees his son. And I think that's just such a great thing to just remind yourself every time before you read the word, every morning when you wake up, um, so that you're not even subconsciously thinking, okay, I got to read my Bible to make God happier. I got to read my Bible to earn a little more love because that's just our fleshly tendency to do that. And if we're not fighting that with Constantly reminding ourselves of the gospel, we're going to naturally sway that way. So, my biggest encouragement would be to just remind yourself of the gospel every day and that this is not something we do to earn love, but it's something we do out of love.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so good. And that makes me think that, you know, if you're in God's word, you're exactly where you should be. It doesn't matter. We've given you some tips and some tools. Um, We're going to go on to give you some more resources. But really, no matter what it looks like, if you're in the word and reading and growing, that is exactly where you should be. And the Bible actually says in Romans, there is no no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So um, you need to remember that. And that just goes back to what Aaron was talking about, about the gospel. His blood has covered us.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's like the Lord will delight that you're seeking his face in his word at whatever pace, wherever, whenever you can. Yes,
1: he's looking at your heart not your checklist. When you study the Bible, it is not about a checklist. Mm. It's about what's in your heart and you continue to see this theme throughout the whole Bible about how much God cares about our heart. And that's mm-hmm. another thing that I have recently um noticed as I've been studying scripture and just I feel like we've been focused on it a lot at church on Sunday mornings. It's just God cares about our heart. Mm-hmm. That's
0: what's important. Yeah, I love that. It's not a checklist. He's looking at your heart. It's so good. And just just one more thing about that encouragement. Like, there is grace for you if you're, you know, have a day where your heart's not there, you're not um, approaching the word. Like, there's grace for that. But just as an encouragement, but also maybe as a little challenge for you that. Grace always leads to obedience. Oh, yes. So I think a lot of times we hear this word grace and we think um, forgiveness, Mm -hmm. which grace does include forgiveness, but it doesn't stop there. Right. So if there's grace for us, it doesn't mean you just sit there. I mean, think of it as any other thing besides reading your Bible. If you lied, yes, there's grace for you and there's forgiveness for you, but that doesn't mean you keep on lying. Exactly. So think of it when you're approaching the word. If you miss a day, yes, there's grace for you, but don't sit there. Mm -hmm. Like that grace should lead to obedience.
1: Yeah. Grace should not be used as an excuse. Yeah to just sit there, but you should yes. move on in obedience. I like that. Good yeah. word. Yeah. So let's move on to some resources, mm. which I'm super excited Me about. Me too. I love resources. <laughs> We're so nerdy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Um so We've both mentioned it several times, and we'll put links to all of these in our show notes, but one of our favorite studies, and I feel like we kind of just, I had no idea how much of an impact this study was going to have on me. It was just one of those things where like, okay, yeah, sure, Erin says we should do this. Let's do it, (laughs) which has been a lot of my life the past couple of years. But I'm so so thankful for her friendship, so (laughs) thankful because I have grown so much through her leadership. But open your Bible. Um, It's a study, like Erin said, the ladies that do the She Reads Truth app and Bible studies. And it is just really good for changing your focus about what bible study is really supposed to be mm-hmm. and just getting yourself into the word it is just it's good stuff yeah, so yeah definitely really check one. that out
0: yeah i would say too um getting a good study bible is really helpful yes we love the esv study bible um it just gives you some help on context and some cross references and things that might be helpful for you cuz a lot of times we you know, like we said, if we get confused, there is sometimes little helpful notes in the corner if you have a study yes. Bible. Yes. That's and
1: it. you want to use the concordance because like we talked about scripture, interpret scripture. Yep. So yes, a exactly. good study Bible is great. Exactly. Um, another thing that go- would go along with that is a good journal. So you can write down, if you're wanting to write down the observation, interpretation, application, mm-hmm. you have a place to do yeah. that. So yeah. you can go back and reference that because I don't know about you, but things stay in my mind for about five minutes Mm -hmm. these days total mom brain so writing stuff down just it gives me that to go back to and it just helps me remember it yeah
0: I'm super funny with my journals like I can't cross over them like I have one journal (laughs) for this I have one journal like I have way too many journals so I have like one journal if I'm reading through Ephesians Mm -hmm. but then if I'm also reading through the Bible I can't put the same notes in that journal like that would just not be okay (laughs) are you like that?
1: No, I have two journals. I have a journal okay. for church, okay. like for sermon mm-hmm. notes, and then I have a journal for my own study notes. Okay. But it even has podcast notes in it too. Yeah. So it's kind of a mix of stuff.
0: But it's so funny. do you not
1: mix your food either?
0: No. <laughs> you know that. I don't let my food touch because that is weird and gross. I don't want my eggs to touch my pancakes. So, so she doesn't
1: like, want her Bible to I mean her journals yeah. to touch and she doesn't want her food to touch. Learning stuff is something new about Erin every yeah, day, y'all. Super quirky,
0: super quirky. Um another really great resource that we've both mentioned, and I, I don't know if we've given it enough credit yet, but mm-hmm. is Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. This um I think it's not a Bible study, so it's kind of a book that you would read through, but it will forever shift how you study the Bible. It's very similar to what we've talked about, about a lot of stuff about biblical literacy. Um, She goes into kind of studying the Bible this way. She has a couple different um, words she uses, but um, it just completely shifted how I read the Bible.
1: Yes, it is an amazing resource. Um, Santa got it for me and put it in my stocking (laughs) at Christmas, and Santa is a very wise guy because (laughs) I was so excited, and he didn't even know that I wanted that Bible. Bible, but I mean, that book, not Bible, that book, <laughs> but I was super excited and I just finished it last week and it's, it's a good one for sure. Yeah. Um, Aaron, isn't there a website that you like to use
0: too? Yes. I love, it's called Blue Letter Bible. There's an app, but I haven't figured out how to use the app very well yet. So I just go <laughs> to the actual website, but I, like I've talked about, like I'm like the intellectual, that's my natural way to study. And um, it has some awesome stuff. Like if you're like me, you would totally geek out on this. But you can go word by word and look up the Greek original. It'll give you all the cross, re- cross references. It'll tell you a couple different definitions of how, how it was used then. And I just love that kind of stuff because a lot of times I'll get stuck on one word when studying. And I'm yes. like, well, I got to know. I got to yeah. know. Like what did they that word actually mean in the original? So it has that. It has a ton of other stuff on that website. So blueletterbible.com is is my jam. Mm, I love it. So next week, what do we have going on next
1: week? Next
0: week, I'm super excited. We're having a special guest um, just to talk a little bit more about her journey with biblical literacy, what it means, how she's grown in it, um, maybe some more practical tools for y'all. And it happens to be my little sister. I cannot wait. This is going to be such a
1: treat. Yes. So we want to leave you with a verse to end um episode three today it is psalm 119 9 through 11 and it says how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word with my whole heart i seek you let me not wonder from your commandments i have stored up your word in my heart that i might not sin against you I'll preach it
0: If you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend the beautiful music that
1: you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented katie cox